A new world is emerging. It is a new world order. There's a lot of discussion about what the, the new world order will be. We will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. In the new world order. Individual carbon footprint tracker. The difference of this first uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing, it changes you. We need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. So imagine the applications of that, the compliance. To be ready for pandemic two, I, I call this pandemic one. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is becoming a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's almost time for the great culling to begin. Get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. This is Connect Those Dots. Well, Hello there, fam, and all of you beautiful little dot connectors out there. Welcome to another episode here of Connect Those Dots, a humble little podcast. And I am your humble little host, Joe Wachili. And dot connectors, uh, we got a great guest for you today, a guy that I've been in contact with for quite a while now. He's an inspiration. He is uh, Canada's pretty much number one freedom fighter. I don't think there's anybody out there up north that's really going hard as much as my next guest, uh, Chris Sky. Chris, say hello to the people, man. What's going on, everybody? How are you? Sorry I'm in the car, but you know, I got to get on another flight in just a few hours. I was on a plane just a couple of days ago. First thing you saw, I got banned by Flair. They wouldn't let me on. Uh, another airline was nice enough to let me on. Then the police were nice enough to arrest me on site when I landed in Canada. But that didn't last very long. They were actually very friendly. They didn't even bother me at all. Didn't even search me. Didn't even question me. They basically just walked me right out of the airport. It was more of a, a police escort than an arrest, I'd say. So it wasn't bad. So they're giving you courtesies. Now, folks, this is what I'm talking about with Chris Sky. All right. He is a big thorn in the globalists' booty cheeks. And uh, they're really come after him heavy. And uh, if you don't know who Chris is, he's got this incredible video here where he predicts the entire COVID pandemic. And it's probably got hundreds of, hundreds of millions of views. And uh, let's just give it a few more. Don't need a mask. The mask is about compliance because they know Canadians like to do what they're told. So if they tell you you have to wear a mask, next they're going to tell you you have to contact trace. Then they're going to tell you you have to take the vaccine. And because Canadians like to do what they're told, they're hoping that everyone just complies. And then guess what, kids? Once you take your vaccine, like a dumb person that doesn't know any better, they're going to tell you, sorry, the vaccine isn't as effective as we thought it was going to be. So now you still got to wear your mask, still got to get contact trace, still have all the restrictions and social distancing and still take your vaccine. And then what did you get out of all of this? You got a whole year where you weren't allowed to travel. Your business was closed. They took your rights and freedoms. They forced the vaccine on you. And what happened? The same amount of people died. Everything is the exact same. And now they're going to put you back on lockdown and bring it all the way till July of next year so they can do the same thing again. Bring you from July, August, and September, getting you off lockdown, but just to bring you back on lockdown again. If you idiots haven't figured it out yet, it's a perpetual cycle that you never get out of. 
and it's a way to take your rights, your freedoms, close your business, take your wealth. Why? So you become dependent on government. Why? If you're independent, the government works for you like it's supposed to. If you depend on the government to give you a paycheck to feed your family every month because they closed your business on you, now the government doesn't work for you. The government rules you. So instead of a middle class, we have the government, upper class, and the lower class dependents that rely on the government to survive. In other words, we have a slave class. Chris, ever since that moment, you've like been launching into the stratosphere and you've been like probably, like I said, one of the biggest freedom fighters out there. And I met you uh, a few weeks ago back at the Las Vegas Reawaken America tour. And when I saw you, I was like, oh, damn, it's Chris Sky, dude. I'm going to dap him up. We're going to connect. We're going to get this going. And, you know, we we, can, we contacted there. But then I saw you again last week at the Reawaken America tour. And I was like, damn, hell yeah, Chris, we're going to do something. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chris, you just poof, vanished. So can you explain to the people what happened at Reawaken America? Well, we went to first, like you said, first we went to the Reawaken America tour in Las Vegas in August. It was awesome. We both had our media passes invited there. It was a couple of days, really hot, but it was like almost 10,000 people. So it was amazing. Huge. Uh, so when I heard about the one in Miami at the Trump Hotel, it was last minute. I told Pastor Felix from Saving a Child, uh, the organization that I'm working with now, and he's in Miami and he thought it would be a great idea to go. So uh, we inquired with some people that we knew had booths there and they ended up giving us media passes. He ended up getting us some VIP tickets and we went down and they actually had a preview night, which was just for pastors only. And I actually got to attend that because I was with Pastor Felix. So I was there for the first pre-night. I was there for the second day doing interviews, mingling with everybody. And they even offered me a speaking spot for the third day on the second day. So on the third day, I went there. Uh, I went to go talk to the stage manager about the speaking spot. We briefly connected, but then I had to do a podcast for saving a child. And I went to do the podcast. And when we finished at around 1130, I had these guys that looked like special security. I don't know like what they were, but uh, they didn't look like normal security guards. Let's put it that way. And they said, are you Chris Scott? I said, yeah. They said, well, you're going to have to come with us. I said, what's this about? They said, a social media post. I said, What? They, and then they opened their phone and they showed me a social media post that I had made on October 9th. And it said, the Israeli invasion of Palestine brought to you by the same people as COVID, climate change, rigged elections, and censored social media. You guys want to know why I'm talking about the Israeli-Palestine conflict? It's not because I hate Israelis. It's not because I support Hamas. It's because I don't want war. And I know what happens next. Don't believe me? Just watch your favorite TV that you haven't been listening to for the last three years that you're now glued to for some odd reason called brainwashing that you can't acknowledge. But you're going to see some new rhetoric in the next couple of days. A country called Iran is going to start talking and saying, oh, they can't just stand by and watch what happens in Gaza to their fellow Arabs. So they're going to have to step in. And by stepping in, that means they're going to try to threaten Israel with attack. Israel would love for Iran to attack it because then they could cry to America to go attack Iran and all your TV stations will be telling you it's time to invade Iran and if that happens and there is an attack on Iran then we're going to have a massive war so rather than have World War 3 because Israel wants to create greater Israel and take over what's left of Palestine and eliminate the rest of their enemies in the region using American money and American bodies and American media. Well, 
if you support that, that's not very bright because you're talking about millions and millions of people dying. So if you support de-escalation, a two-state solution, identified borders, and the end of a military blockade, now we can save not just the millions of lives in the Gaza Strip, but we can save millions of lives around the world. And apparently that struck some nerves with somebody, and they actually had contacted the event. I don't know who contacted who, but apparently it was big enough person that they had some special security come and uh, trespass me off the property where I had paid to be and had a via and had a media pass to be and was invited as a speaker. And when I went outside, there was a whole bunch of police waiting. So that's when I started filming. And that's when they got agitated and started threatening to arrest me and what have you. But they didn't do anything. They gave me a trespass warning warning not an actual trespass because it's impossible to trespass somebody that was invited somewhere but the trespass warning explicitly stated that it was for referencing an anti-israeli social media post oh dude that is so wild to me man i i i mean like yeah all of a sudden you were there poof and I don't want to disparage anybody. I have big, huge respect for Clay Clark and the Reawaken America tour, and I love it all. And all the speakers that he gets out there, I have huge respect. And whatever opinions they have, that's their opinions. It doesn't mean I have to agree with every one of their opinions. But when I walked into this Miami Reawaken America tour, I, I, I was taken aback a little bit when I saw all the pro-Israel stuff here. I mean, not for anything. If I saw all a bunch of Palestinian flags up there, too, I'd be just weird. Yeah, I'd be taken aback as well. How about how about a whole bunch of American flags? Yeah, where's my American flags at? Why is the Israeli flag on the same plateau as the American flag at the Reawaken America tour? That was just my feeling. I still went up there. I did my thing, and we we had fun. I have mad respect for Clay. Chris, do you have any idea? Did you ever get to the bottom of like who who made the call? Anything like? Wh- I've been trying. I I didn't really wanted to. I didn't really spend that much time and energy on it. I put a couple. I put a couple calls in. I made. I made a couple inquiries. And I'm just trying to get some clarity because I don't want to say anything bad about anybody for any reason because I don't know what happened. I don't know where it came from. And the reality is I wasn't there to talk about Israel or Palestine or any of exactly. that. I was there talking about saving a child. Yeah. So it's like somebody – I wonder if somebody used the Israeli as an excuse because they were worried I was going to name pedophiles. Because when I was speaking in London at Heathrow Dude. Airport, yes, we were speaking at the biggest airport in England – at the press conference and I was live on my Instagram. And when I started talking about saving a child and child trafficking, and I started naming some high level pedophiles that should be in jail, uh, my Instagram got banned again. And I knew yeah, I, I noticed that your Instagram has gone. I was looking for you. I was looking for your Instagram. I'm like, Where, where's Chris? I guess it got banned again. Evidently you did. <laughs> They're just up your ass constantly, bro. And that's the thing is like, I, I knew other people that were there at Reawaken America and were speakers and that shared your same opinions about the whole Israeli-Palestine thing. Yeah, so- I heard speakers on the stage talking about how the, the, the beheaded babies was a fake story, how Israel's using propaganda to drag the United States into war. I was shocked that they said that because... I saw how vehemently pro-Israel it was. So if I'm in a crowd of all people that are 99% pro-Israel, I'm not going to friggin' I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go at it as a way of anti-Israel and I'm not anti-Israel anyway. I'm anti-war. Yeah. I don't want to see the war in Palestine 
is not going to even stay in Palestine. It's going to turn into a broader regional war that's going to involve Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Iran. And if that happens, then it's also going to involve the United States. And if that happens, then it's going to involve Russia. And I don't think we need to know where, like, be a, a genius to see where this goes. It's going to involve millions and millions of people dying for what? Because Israel wants to invade Palestine and not even Israel, the Israeli government. Yeah, Because I exactly. guarantee you, I'm pretty sure if you if if the Israeli government went on TV today and said, you know what, we will do a ceasefire, we will declare our borders, we will end the military blockade, we will establish Palestine with their own state and their own borders and their own autonomy, and all we ask in return is for the dismantlement of Hamas. You don't yeah. think that 100% of Palestine would vote for that? Yeah. And you don't think that the vast majority of Israel would vote for that? And then we wouldn't have any friggin' people killing each other? And we wouldn't have even the prospect of a larger war? And then instead of spending $100 billion like Joe Biden wants to on Israel and Ukraine, you could spend $100 billion on making the United States better for Americans? What the hell? Trump is all about MAGA, make America great again. He would also be supporting Israel right now. He would be sending the money too. So how is how is sending money to Israel to drag the United States inevitably into a larger conflict that's going to cost hundreds of billions and millions of lives? How is that putting America first? And how is that actually good for the United States? It isn't. And there's no consistency here, bro. I remember all these Republicans, everything, Ben Shapiro, uh, 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 Jordan Peterson, don't give any money to Ukraine. We don't want to get involved in foreign wars. Don't give any money to Ukraine. But as soon as it's Israel, it like flips the sudden, Everything changes. It's very strange to me. And like, I, I just, I, I, I saw you on uh, Stu Peters. And you're not only an incredible activist on the ground, you're an incredible analyst and you're very eloquent at laying stuff out in a very, um, in a way that a lot of people can understand very well. So Chris, talk to me and talk to the dot connectors. Like we're five years old. Okay. I saw you break it down, break down the, 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 the origins, the inception of Israel, the Belford Accords, what that exactly okay. is. And l let us know. Okay. Well, if you talk to like a Christian pastor or you talk to any rampant Israeli supporter, they'll just say that Israel has claimed to the land of Israel for thousands of years. So anything they do is justified because the land is theirs, blah, blah, blah. Now, if you believe that, that's fine. That's one thing. But if you think that that justifies all the war crimes and everything else over the last 70 years, I tend to disagree. So where did the modern day Israel come from? Well, in World War One. The, uh, the Rothschild dynasty, which funds the British crown, which funded the British Empire, including the Amer against the American Revolution, by the way, which funded World War One, both sides, including Hitler in World War Two, by the way. And if you don't believe it, there's a Nazi Zion commemorative coin. One side has the Nazi symbol and one side has Zionists on it because they were the ones that funded Hitler. They were the ones that funded the Allies. There can't be war without banks financing both sides. And the same people own all the banks, so it's the same people financing both sides of the war. So way back in World War One, 
uh, the Rothschilds working with the British government and the British crown drafted what they call the Balfour Declaration, which stated that they wanted to give Israel a homeland in modern day Palestine, establish the supposed borders of the state and unequivocally stated that the indigenous population, a.k.a. the Palestinians, could not be uh, displaced. They could not be mistreated. They could not be ethnically cleansed. They could not be discriminated against, etc. So it sounded great on paper, but obviously we know that that's not what happened. And they didn't even get it passed in World War One. It wasn't until World War Two, and then the Holocaust happened that they used the Holocaust as an excuse that, oh, my God, the Jewish people really need their own homeland mm. now. Oh, and look at that. Surprisingly, we already have a drafted copy wow. to make them their own country that we created decades ago. It wasn't like we planned any of this. No, we just had to have we just happened to have it. And literally overnight, Israel was created. I think 1947 was the year. And on that exact and then that exact moment, Palestine shrunk less than half the size. And ever since that day, Israel has been claiming self-defense, which by definition is impossible if you are in running incursions and taking land. If you're in self-defense mode, you're not in an offensive position. And if you're in <laughs> self-defense mode, you're able to defend against the attackers. I was just on a debate against some preacher who must have said Hamas a million times in the debate. And I said, you're talking about Palestine. No, Hamas. No, because they're not bombing Hamas. They're bombing Palestine. And if Hamas does a terror attack in Israel, that doesn't justify Israel going into uh, to Palestine, bulldozing a whole bunch of homes, stealing a whole bunch of others, and killing a whole bunch of people. That's like me saying, you came to my house and tried to, and tried to attack my mom, so I went back to your I went back to your neighborhood and went into 20 houses and robbed the houses, killed some of the people and then put some of my friends living in the houses. That's, that's such exactly an analogy. Yeah, that's it's exactly like it's what like they're doing. It's like somebody that's jumps you in the night and blindsides you and like is starting stabbing you on the street. And it's like, I'm defending myself. I'm defending myself. Dude, it's you know exactly, what, bro? But that's exactly what Israel does. Israel says, oh. Hamas hit us with rockets. So because Hamas hit us with rockets, we're going to do a ground incursion into that Palestinian village saying we're going after Hamas. We're going to kill a whole bunch of Palestinians. We're going to take over a whole bunch of homes. We're going to bulldoze the ones that we don't want. And now those, now we're going to declare this part of Israel. But it's all in self-defense. Even when they bombed Syria the other day, it was like, hey, why did you bomb Syria? Oh, we didn't bomb Syria. We bombed Hamas. What are you talking about? There's no Hamas in Syria. Oh, well, we bombed Aleppo airport and they had supplies that were going to go to Hamas. So it was still self-defense. So Israel, they call it when they attack somebody that hasn't even attacked them, they still call it preemptive self-defense. Preemptive self-defense. That's, now, that's the equivalent of me walking up, seeing you on the street, and just assuming you're going to do something bad to me. So I just get to punch you in the face first. <laughs> and, and, and I call it preemptive self-defense. And what you look a, at me and you're what like, a racket. Bro, bro, why did you just punch me in the face? Bro, I knew what you were going to do. You were going to supply that guy with my girlfriend's number. So I had to preemptively defend myself. Bruh. That's it's, it's ridiculous logic. And they know it's ridiculous logic. And that's why 90% of the world, besides the United States and Canada, vehemently are supporting not Hamas, not yeah. even Palestine, but simply the end to conflict, yeah. period. And because why, nobody why is that such a, 
Why is that so antithetical to like to, to the world right now, dude? You see all these people, dude, like like Ben Shapiro is foaming at the mouth and he's showing you all of the graphic images. He's on Instagram. Hamas, they cut, a, they cut out a pregnant woman's belly and they were jump bombing with a baby's umbilical cord. They were playing double dutch with a baby's umbilical cord. So now we have to bomb the entire Palestinians. And then you got Jordan Peterson. He tweets out and he, he's such a big Christian now. Oh, I'm a Christian. I cry in every single podcast that I'm in. I'm a Christian, but give them hell, Netanyahu, bomb the shit out of them. And, and hey, wait, a second. Your room. wait a second. Uh, who is the number one supporters of Israel in the United States? It's old Christians. They even had this thing on, on CNN. If they're like in the 65 plus bracket, it's like 85% of these Catholic and Christians vehemently support Israel. And it gets way smaller percentage as you get younger because more and more people have been exposed to more and more Israeli propaganda over the years that they're like desensitized to it. But the fact that these people vehemently support Israel and they went to the point where at the Clay Clark event, I had to sit through a prayer yeah. for Israel in the name, name of Jesus. Of and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I, I, I think it's great to pray and pray for the people of Israel, pray for the people of Palestine. Yes. But to pray for them in the name of Jesus is kind of weird because I don't know how many got people know about religion. I'm not really an expert on religion, more geopolitics. <laughs> but I know enough to know that Jesus was Jewish. And I also know that the Jewish people didn't really like him. And in fact, yeah. were the ones that killed him and crucified him. And if you ask about Jesus in Israel to an Israeli Jew, they're not going to call him their Messiah or the son of God or their savior. They're going to call him a false prophet and they're going to have derogatory and negative things to say about him. So to pray for Israel in the name of Jesus pretty much sums up the amount of brainwashing and the amount of uh, unable to critically think for anybody who's supporting Israel. And that's why there's so many massive protests around the world in support of Palestine and the support of de-escalating the conflict to the point where countries like France are trying to ban any protests that support Palestine. You can have protests that support Israel, but you can't have protests that support Palestine. Even if you're on Apple TV, I, try this. If you have Apple TV for kids, ask uh, Alexa or whatever the one that, is that has Alexa for kids. Alexa, what's going on in Palestine? It'll say, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that right now. I'm sorry, Palestine does not exist. Yeah, then you say, Alexa, what's happening in Israel right now? And it's like, oh my God, Israel is under attack. They have people attacking them from all angles. They are beheading babies. They are doing, it goes into crazy graphic detail that would make any child have nightmares for the next three weeks. Listen to this bullshit. Hey, Alexa, what's happening in Palestine? I'm sorry, I can't play topics like this for kids. Now listen. Hey Alexa, what's happening in Israel? On October 11th, 2023, according to the Associated Press, the Israeli military said Wednesday night that hostile aircraft had entered the country from Lebanon. The news came after Hezbollah fired anti-tank missiles at an Israeli military position earlier Wednesday Claiming to have killed and wounded troops, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. And that's the type of trauma-based mind control that they're using. It was the same thing with George Floyd. It was the same thing because you couldn't change the channel without seeing George Floyd's face on the pavement. And it's Bro, it, it, goes back, it goes back to my post. The same people that brought you COVID, climate change, rigged elections, and censored social media. 
And that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like so many people don't understand that like they're like you're almost like a pseudo Zionist now. When I see people conflating with the way Israel is taught in the Old Testament, Israel just means a person seeking God, a person seeking victory with God. That's what it means in the Old Testament. And now I see it being conflated with the the, the nation state of Israel today. And it's so strange to me that all these Christians, they're like, that land was given to them. That's their holy land anointed by God. It's like, so you worship land? You So you're now committing idolatry with a piece of land. The entire planet is given to you by God. The entire planet is your holy land. And to say that yeah. you're, you're going to support genocide because that's the way you interpret the Bible through a Zionist sort of view. And we can look into this. I'll play the Greg Reese report right now that breaks down the entire Zionism. The word Israel was first presented in the Bible as a name given to Jacob after he fought an angel. Its meaning was a man who has struggled with God and is commonly translated as God prevails or man seeing God. Many have argued that the word Israel in the Bible does not refer to a place, but rather a believer or a group of believers in God. Others believe the land known as Palestine was where the biblical state of Israel once stood. And in the 17th century, Sabbatai Zevi was the first Jew to try and resettle there. Sabbatai Zevi claimed to be the Messiah and amassed a large Jewish following that engaged in ritual sex orgies and the defilement of God's law. In the spring of 1666, they were planning to be the first Jewish settlement in Palestine. But things changed when Sabbatai was arrested and thrown in jail. His radical movement continued with the Frankism movement, and Zionism became more political. Although they claimed to be secular, the Zionists flooded the temples with prayers for a return to Zion and a restoration of the Jewish state. But the rabbis rejected them. In 1885, the rabbis wrote that we consider ourselves no longer a nation, but a religious community. And we therefore expect neither a return to Palestine, nor a sacrificial worship under the sons of Aaron, nor the restoration of any of the laws. While the rabbis offered no support, the Zionists garnered the support of the British crown as early as 1841 and they were funded by the Rothschild banking dynasty, otherwise known as the Bank of England. So the crown was likely involved from the start. In 1897, the political intent to recreate the state of Israel was made official to the public. And in 1917, under the British government's Balfour Declaration, British troops seized control of Palestine on behalf of the Zionists. In 1922, the League of Nations adopted the declaration. And in 1947, the United Nations granted parts of Palestine to the Zionists. Between 1947 and 1949, Palestinians were made refugees and kicked out of the homes of their ancestors. Hundreds of villages were destroyed and thousands of Palestinians were murdered in a series of massacres known as the Nakba. The Zionists killed Palestinian Muslims, Christians, and Jews. The Zionists claimed to be non-religious but they were mostly Ashkenazi Jews. The Ashkenazi can be traced back to the Khazars, the progenitors of Rabbinic Judaism. The Khazar Khaganate was a major empire in what is now Ukraine, Georgia, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and parts of Russia, Turkey, and Iran. It was ruled by the Khazars, but made up of several diverse nomadic tribes. In the year 740, 
The Khazars mass converted to Judaism. Synagogues and schools were built, and Rabbinic Judaism was born. The original Jerusalem Talmud was replaced by the recently codified Babylonian Talmud, which was based on Babylonian philosophy and became the mainstream, thanks to the Khazars and the Zionists. Some Christians believe that this is the synagogue of Satan written about in the Bible, which say they are Jews and are not. And many other Christians have become Zionists themselves. The Zionists have tremendous support from American megachurches and Christian evangelicals, many of whom believe that as the world becomes a fiery hell, they will be saved and brought to an eternal paradise. But in order for this to happen, the Temple of Solomon must be rebuilt and two-thirds of the Jewish people must perish. According to the Bible, King Solomon's temple was constructed in 957 BC and destroyed in 586 BC, rebuilt again in 516 BC, and destroyed again in the year 70 AD. Many Christians and Jews believe that this temple must be rebuilt in order for their Messiah to come. But there is something in its way. Originally built near the end of the 7th century, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is considered one of the three holiest sites in Islam. Islam teaches that this is where the Prophet Muhammad ascended to heaven. The Temple Mount has been occupied by Israel ever since the Six-Day War of 1967, and now it looks like they are ready to complete their mission. This is the holy war that sane people have feared and zealots have prayed for. They want you to pick a side and kill each other. But we can always choose peace and learn to love our neighbors. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. that view, you, you don't even realize that you're a pseudo-Zionist. And I see all this stuff out there Israel, from Christian pastors, and they drape their entire stage with Israeli flags. It's just so crazy to me. You're all, Christ never taught us to be genocidal. And you know what's That's so right. funny? If you go to Israel and you start preaching about Yeshua, you start talking in the name of Jesus, you'll see how the uh, God's chosen people react to your, your preaching. Well, they actually tried to pass a law that if you were caught in public trying to convert people to Christianity, you could go to jail. That's yeah. how bad it got in Israel. And how many? And and what? And what is the number one defense for Israel right now for everything that they're doing? Oh, our book says it's our land, or we have claim to the land, so everything we do is justified. How many times in human history have the worst atrocities committed in human history attempted to be justified through religion? Exactly. So, sorry. After two thousand years, I think we got a little bit smarter than that. It's 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 funny, dude. It, it's I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so real and so tragic and so murderous, man. And really, where this is leading, Chris, you know where it's leading, dude. It is leading toward World War Three. It is leading toward more and more escalation. And you know, I I I talk about I've talked about this on the last few podcasts I've been on. This is biblical prophecy playing out right in front of us, Chris. With all the talk of surveillance under the skin and the World Economic Forum wanting to give you a UBI and Klaus Schwab's wet dream of you'll own nothing and be happy, this is the, the crisis. You know how they always like to take advantage of the crisis. These are the crises that will it's now be escalating to it's bring in the Hegelian dialectic. 
it's their desperation. COVID failed. Climate change fell flat on its face. They tried to reenact both together. That failed. And now they're just going to beat the drums of war. You don't hear anything on the media about COVID anymore, do you? Yeah, right. You don't hear about masks. You don't hear about upticks of cases. You don't hear about hospitalizations. You don't hear about testing. You don't hear about anything to do with COVID. Every time you turn on the TV, it's send us money, send us bodies, go fight for Israel. You need to stand up for Israel. You need to fight for Israel. Uh, that's all you hear, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter what TV station you're on because they're all owned by the exact same people and they all have an agenda. And that agenda is depopulation. And if they couldn't get it with COVID and they couldn't get it with climate change, they're going to get it with war. And they prefer the other options because then they don't have to destroy infrastructure. They'd yeah. rather just kill off the people and leave all the wonderful buildings and everything intact. But hey, they got they got desperate, so desperate times call for desperate measures. And why else would they be sending a hundred billion dollars to Israel? One hundred billion, the more than the GDP of most nations, if they weren't planning on giant escalation of this conflict. An escalation is pretty much a hundred percent guaranteed at this point. The only question is how far is it going to go? Is it going to be a regional war? Is it going to be a world war? Or is it going to be a conflict that fight that gets capped before it turns into something that runs out of control? And you know what, Chris, it, it this is like a repeat of 9-11. It's funny how the media keeps saying this is Israel's 9-11. This is Israel's 9-11. Well, yeah, it is. A, it is the 9-11 because it is a false flag. You exactly. mean I, I have this video of an ex-Israeli uh, IDF officer showing you the technological prowess of their iron uh, dome surveillance system. It has a seismic monitor that can detect footsteps, footsteps and crawling. Call of Duty style heartbeat monitor, okay? So you mean to tell me for eight hours, six hours, you couldn't find some mofos on some paragliders? What most haunts you and your conscience about what you did in your time as a soldier? For me, it's the routine way we control the Palestinians, right? A Palestinian can wake up in the morning and not know if he will be at work on time, go to sleep, not know if soldiers will invade his home, we basically control the most simple and basic elements of life. It's designed to break down the population of Palestinians and show them who's in charge and yeah, humiliate them on a daily basis. Exactly. How, how can we make 2.5 million Palestinians in the West Bank to feel that they cannot lift their head up? We will make them uh, understand that we control their lives the segregated roads and the settlements are so forth and so forth. They exist all around the occupied territories. Military activity, home invasions, patrols, digital surveillance, they exist here and they exist all over the West Bank. The difference in Hebron is that in a very short walk, we can see examples of all of it. All of it. All of we it. We saw all of it. They knew 100% where they were. They even had they even had uh, Egypt warn them over a week in advance, specifically because Egypt already knew that Israel was just going to allow those guys to go in and attack so they'd have an excuse to go and try to obliterate Gaza. And we already know that Israel, Hamas is a corporation registered in Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu is on video addressing the government in 2019, where he says unequivocally that it is part of Israeli strategy to support and fund Hamas to prevent the formation of a Palestinian state. That's a direct quote. You could say what? He was just lying. He didn't really mean it. Like, give me a break. 
And dude, I mean, the and folks, we're not talking bad about the average Israeli person. They're they're a casualty of war too. We're talking about the Israeli government. It's funny how you can question every single government on the planet, and they all conspire. But you can't say as soon as you say something, maybe a questioning about the Israeli government, you're an anti-Semite all of a sudden. And it's funny how they have repurposed and weaponized the word Semite. Aren't the Palestinians Semite? Because if you look up the word Semite, it just means a person from the Middle East that speaks Arabic, Hebrew, or Aramaic. That's what a Semite is. But they use this Marxist Orwellian word splicing and word Anti-Semite. Anti-Semite is no different than conspiracy theorists. It was a term created to stop critical thinking, to stop discourse, and a way for them to win an argument when they had no way of winning the argument. And they still try to use it today. And any honest Israeli will tell you what it is. It's a trick. Yeah. It's a trick, and they always use it. And like you said, the, 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 the Israeli people are pawns of war, just like the Palestinians are pawns of war, except the Palestinians are getting the short end of the stick right now. But if yeah. Israel keeps that conflict going, it won't be hard for Iran to literally obliterate Israel with non-nuclear cruise missile strikes. They could do that from Iran, no problem. And Israel's Iron Dome won't help them because it's not rockets from Hamas. It'll be actual missiles from real countries that have actual weapons. So, and Benjamin Netanyahu has no trouble sacrificing 5 million Israelis if he thought he could get them the war that they desperately want. So, and we know Israeli what... people... You need to stand up to, to to the to the corrupt government you have. You need to stand up to the crazy ideology, and you need to learn to live with your neighbors and give them their friggin' country and give them their autonomy. Let them have their way. Amen. And you know what Benjamin Netanyahu thinks about the people of Israel. We have the clip of him saying, we created Israel as an open-air laboratory for Pfizer. We basically yeah, experimented on the Israelis for Pfizer. Like a gangster, like a, like a Spider-Man villain, like the kingpin, just telling you what they're doing. So you think he cares about the people of Israel when he's speaking of them like, like they're nothing, like they're lab rats? We came out of COVID first. I described that in my book, my conversations with Albert Borla, Pfizer, and I persuaded him to give tiny Israel uh, the, the necessary vaccines to get us out first from the COVID. And the reason I could do that is because we have a database, 98%, a medical database, 98% of our population has digitized medical records and little card. And anywhere you go in any hospital in Israel, north, south, doesn't make any difference. Boom, you punch it in, and you know everything about this patient for the last 20 years. I said, we'll use that to tell you whether these vaccines, what do they do to people, not individual people, not with their individual identities, but statistically. What does it do to people with, uh, uh, you know, with uh, meningitis? What does it do to people with high blood pressure? What is it, you know, you want to know that. So Israel became, if you will, the, the lab for Pfizer. And, and dude, the... Funny enough, they don't like Netanyahu. They were revolting against Netanyahu. There was a big civil strife going on in Israel. And isn't it just such perfect timing that this crisis happens at the most perfect timing, Chris? Well, how many how many times did he how many times did he uses government powers and government privileges to get himself out of charges and corruption charges, embezzlement charges, all kinds of charges? He's one of the most corrupt leaders in the world. He's right up there with Hillary Clinton. And if he didn't have the backing of the United States, he would never be in power. And yeah, now now he's the the darling of the globe. Now you just got to love Benjamin Netanyahu. And 
Ben Shapiro. Oh, yeah. to, if you don't support gen- genocide against the Palestinians through Benjamin and Yahoo, then you are an anti-Semite. And that's the low IQ argument that we have to deal with now, Chris. Isn't it so oh, annoying, no, these I, low I, IQ I, arguments? I, I, I'm a jihadist. I'm, a, I'm an Italian jihadist, apparently, because I don't believe that Israel's 70 years of war crimes is justified, just like virtually every other person in the world besides people that live in the U.S. that watch too much TV. And dude, I mean, like, I I, I want to be America first, man. I want I, I know I know you're Canadian, but you care about what happens to America too. We have so many problems here, bro. Open borders, people still trying to give you a vaccine, poverty, inflation, Biden inflation. Would you Bidenomics as they try to call it? Dude, and people calling you Nazi when they're literally funding real Nazis in Ukraine and clapping for them at the Canadian Parliament. There is just such a clusterfuck of things going on dude and it's it's really what they talk about at the WEF the poly crisis poly crisis Chris I want to really cut to the bone right now dude this is is are we going to see the antichrist rise it, we uh, as these crises continue to mount and their talk of surveillance under the skin and UBIs and one world government and one world religion these are the tea leaves that we need to be reading folks is the antichrist coming Chris Sky you call it what you want, call it a reckoning, call it the Antichrist. There's tough times coming. This war is not going away tomorrow. They're going to do everything they can to expand the war because while you're distracted with the war, you're not going to be worrying about the massive amount of inflation, the massive amount of debt they keep incurring, the massive amount of loss of purchasing power that you have. You're not going to be concerned with the fact that they're building the 15-minute cities around you. You're not going to be concerned with the fact that I already published an NDA from the big uh, from the Bank of Canada stating how they're meeting with captains of industry to try to slip CBDCs into the society under under the rat. And you're not going to worry about any of that because you're going to be so worried about the war, especially if they start sending people you know to fight and die. So that's their their war is the biggest, best distraction, their biggest, best money launderer, and their biggest, best way of reducing population, and their best way of changing the geopolitical power structure around the Mm. world. And they want to lead us into a unipolar world, not this world where the United States is a superpower. So the United States is getting dragged into a war by Israel, their greatest ally, who's literally dragging them into a suicide mission knowingly and Americans better wake up because mm. you're going to bite off more than you can chew. You think you can win this war. You're already bankrupt. Your military tech's shit compared to things like Russia. They have hypersonic missiles. They have way better airplanes than you. They even have better nuclear uh, delivery systems than you. And they don't and have they don't trannies have and high heels in their uh, army ranks. And yeah, and they don't have military bases, 700 military bases all over the world, really destroying, uh, spreading your resources quite thin. And they have the backing of China, Russia, China, Syria, Iran, they win. United States, EU, Israel, you lose that war, 100% guaranteed. And I would see, I wouldn't even be surprised if you see part of the EU members, uh, like Hungary and others, going to the side of Russia and China if that happens. Because there's a lot of countries that are not happy with what Israel's doing. And if it gets to a larger war where people really have to pick sides, you're going to see a lot of countries going against the United States, a lot of the countries going against Israel. So, United States, what you're doing is not in your best interest. What you're doing is not in the best interest of Israelis, not in the best interest of Palestinians, and definitely not in the best interest of citizens around the world. And it's all on purpose. And they all know that, Chris. It's so disgusting that we got to sit here and reap the consequences from these criminals, dude. 
I mean, folks, you just got incredible geopolitical analysis. You just got a masterclass right there from Chris Sky on Connect Those Dots. Chris, I want you to promote um, Saving a Child. I want you to tell me what it's about, and I want you to promote it right here, please. It's Friggin' amazing. Pastor Felix is a 70-year-old man. He's wildly successful. He should be enjoying his golden years, but he saw the movie The Sound of Freedom, and it opened up his eyes to a world that he never knew existed. And he felt so ashamed that he went through his entire life without realizing the amount of suffering and, uh, and the plight of these children around the world. For those of you that don't know, child trafficking and the offshoots with it, like organ harvesting, blood harvesting, bone marrow harvesting, etc., is now the largest black market industry in the world. It surpassed Jesus guns Christ. and even drugs. And it makes sense because with drugs, you can only sell that cocaine or heroin one time. With this child sex trafficking, an average four-year-old girl, let me say that again, four-year-old girl will live her day neck chained to the floor of a four by six closet that is dark. It doesn't even have a cushion and dozens of men and women will come in and rape this poor little girl vaginally, anally, orally, whatever they want daily. And that's how they make so much money off of this. And when this little girl has been so abused and so used up to the point where she can no longer be used as a sex slave, that is when they cut them open while they're alive and literally harvest their organs, which traffic through countries like Ukraine and Israel, by the way, uh, and the number one country in the world for child sex slaves and child pornography is the United States. Oh it is God, literally bro. like a smorgasbord for child sex traffickers. It is so disgusting the way it is set up at the border. They have over 250,000 unaccompanied minors. And we're talking kids that, as young as like 18 months old, all the way up to 16, 17 years old. Thousands of them at the border with nobody to talk to, nobody to pick them up. So what do these traffickers do? They literally just get a random guy in a van and with less paperwork and less money than it takes for him to go to a dog shelter and adopt a couple dogs, he can go to the border, literally handpick the boys and girls that he wants, load them up in his van, and those kids are never seen again. So we needed to create, and of course, we know how Epstein Island's run, we know how Hollywood's run, and we know that every single one of those people in Epstein's books is a child sex offender, a rapist, and worse, and every single one of them should at the very least be in jail for the rest of their lives, and we don't even know their names because they're all wealthy, powerful, connected people. They spend billions and billions of dollars buying law enforcement, lawyers, judges, politicians, and keeping this under wraps, making sure it never hits mainstream media. Instead of talking about Israel 24-7, they should be talking about the millions of children that are getting sex trafficked. So we needed to create an agency that allowed us to create an international organization that we can grow to literally millions of people to share information in real time and generate enough revenue that we can create initiatives that are going to save thousands and thousands of children yearly and create initiatives to create stronger children to prevent child sex trafficking from happening in the first place and create initiatives to unmask these child predators and I'm going to be doing a, a, a I, I'm going to be showing everybody how the site works because there's so many benefits to the site when people sign up it's hard for me to explain it over the internet I'm also going to be making a deal because they made me a deal to make me the head influencer of the organization. They put me in a very high position in the organization. And I don't doing this for money. 
and I wanted to make sure that the organization grows. So I'm going to be making a deal with the organization. It's already about raising money for children, and I'm going to be making a deal with them that at least half of all the money I raise is going to go back into the organization to make the organization grow. And that's also going to be uh, uh, making more money for the kids. Because we believe, I've always been preaching, just say no on an individual level to anything that you know is wrong, whether you're a man, woman, or child. And to stop the COVID, stop the climate change, stop the LGBT agenda, stop the wars, we need united non-compliance. Everyone coming together to just say no to the things that they know are wrong, but not just on a national level, on a global level. That's why I was on a global tour to start, and that's why I'm continuing the global tour with the Saving a Child moniker, because this is a way where we can generate revenue. This is a way where we can create an organization of people that will have the power to disseminate information worldwide in real time and make a real difference in child's lives. It's called Saving a Child, and you can sign up directly under me and have me as your leader at joinchrisnow.com. We're getting so many people signed up. Our goal is 10 million people in 100 countries. And like I said, I'm going to be donating 50% of any of the uh, revenue that I receive from any of the contracts or any of the things that I'm doing with this company back into the company. And we're going to be posting these special uh, codes that people can use to redeem the money that I'm going to be donating because I want to make sure this is successful. I'm putting my life behind this. I'm dedicating every day to this. And guys, all you got to do is go to joinchrisnow.com, click get started. You can become a free member or you can become a paid member at $12.99 a month. And at $12.99 a month, there's ways for you to save over $100 a month in your daily in your daily lives. So you'll be spending $12.99 donating money to children. But at the same time, even as a passive member, you can be saving over $100 a month for paying out $12.99. It's quite amazing. The way we're able to do that is because we have so many corporate partners around the world that we are leveraging all of them and all of the benefits they're providing. For instance, we have over 600,000 hotels that you're allowed to stay at in, with using our system around the world and spend the travel dollars that you get every month as a paid member, 20 travel dollars a month, every month they never expire and you get to use them in over 600,000 hotels you also get points that are good at all local restaurants good for making your own coupons on all the products that you have to buy anyway so we are creating a system where we reward people monetarily and in other ways for donating to children and you become part of a real network of people that are making a difference and you're going to become part of the largest anti-trafficking organization in the world we already have people sign up from over 44 countries i'm also posting instructional videos on how to use the site made by one of our our, our best members his name is michael and so people can watch those videos to figure out how to use their back office and how to sign others up but all you got to do join chrisnow.com click get started it's going to be amazing I'm coming back to Miami, by the way. I was in Toronto for two nights. I'm on Edmonton for three nights. I have a big event tomorrow, the Stop Soji 123. For those of you who don't know, Soji is sexual orientation and gender identity. Yeah, the tell him, Chris. Tell him. Canada. And yeah, I was 100% against this. I was the one that brought it to the forefront of the conversation. <laughs> I was the one that started speaking out against it, leading the charge against it. And now we have it as one of the biggest 
uh, uniting points in all of Canadian history. We have Christians, Muslims, atheists, everyone coming together. And they tried to use the Israeli-Palestine conflict to cancel the events tomorrow. It's not happening. I'm flying into Edmonton. I'm going to be one of the main speakers there leading the charge against Soji. Then I'll be in Vancouver for three days, and I'll be back in uh, Florida from November, October 27th to November 1st. I hope to see you there in person. I'm going to be at Stu Peters Fall Freedom Fest. We're going to be talking in person. That one's in Vero Beach. So I look forward to seeing you. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be with Pastor Felix again and uh, talking about saving a child, doing some webinars with him and some uh, training sessions with him. He is the most amazing man I ever met. He does not need to be doing this. He has eight kids, eight grandkids. He should just be chilling on his couch on the beach. But he works seven days a week. I've literally seen him cry over this. He's so passionate. I'm sure, and man. I just hope that I... I just wish I have his energy at his age. It's crazy, man. Everything, Folks, you see Chris Sky. You see he's not messing around. You see he lives and breathes this stuff. And Chris, I think you have uh, been given a mission here by God, man. I really think that uh, wh whatever your beliefs are, I think uh, the good Lord is using you, dude. And folks, what he said is true. They're not just raping and, and, and it's bad enough that they're raping and sexually abusing the children, but these people are literal vampires that want to suck the juices out of children and get life extension out of it. It's true. I have the Peter Nygaard clip. You know how much child organs are worth? You know how much child clean child blood is worth on the black market? You know how much clean bone marrow from children is worth? It's not only amazing for transplants, it has regenerative properties, like you said. I have the Peter Nygaard clip where they ha they 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 bring out all these beautiful uh, black supermodels and they're like, we'll give you money for your eggs. We want your eggs because you black girls have the best eggs and we can fertilize them. And then we're going to we, all, all everything you got, your period blood, your placenta. It, people think it's wasteful, but no, it's it's life for some people. That's literally how these people talk. This isn't the dark crystal. This isn't Count Dracula. This is real. Here he is. The stem cell technology that Peter and I are investing in is called SCNT, which takes the egg of a young, perfect woman specimen, takes the egg and takes out the nucleus and puts our DNA in the nucleus. Bruh. These curvy, sexy black women from Africa. You girls have a monopoly on this genetic perfection, and we want some of that. So, girls. For $100, we will pay you for your egg. Look how disgusted these women are. Back it up. Now, these are two vampires that trafficking this, literally wanting to suck babies dry and pump it into these men's veins. And here they are trying to seduce these women to do this. So listen, first it's an egg. 30 seconds later, it's their whole baby. Listen to this. So how much do you want for it? Let's bid. No, I bid $500. <laughs> Whatever I bid, he's going to outbid me. That's $60,000 of eggs. Yeah. If you have abortion, that's very valuable. Umbilical cord, you know, placenta, period blood. It's so rich with stem cells. We know you regard it as, as waste. It should be captured, it's recycled, and uh, it shouldn't go to waste. <clears throat> it's life for somebody, you know? It's life for mankind. Notice how sick the women are about to vomit. He's like a drug addict talking about crack. He wants the essence of children. And these, this dude, Peter Nygaard, was buddies with Bill Gates. He was buddies with Jeffrey Epstein. And folks, Jeffrey Epstein's island, he had underground laboratories in his island with, with like vials of his sperm. 
So like they were sucking juices out. They were doing all sorts of weird cloning experiments. It goes so deep and so dark folks. And Chris Sky is really out here trying to expose it and put a light on it. Join chrisnow.com. Go to Chris Sky's website. Thank you, brother. God bless you, Chris, man. Thank you so much for coming on today. And like, if, if, if there's anything man, else, you, if there's anything else you want to share, go for it, bro. I just want to share this. Do not let the media divide you. Do not let the media uh, get you distracted. This war is nothing but a distraction and a division attempt because we had more unity and we had a higher level of consciousness ever in human history. <laughs> the whole world was up to the was up to speed. Everyone knew the government was lying about COVID. Everyone knew the government was lying about climate change. People were coming together despite all their differences because they saw that the government was coming to harm the children. And now what do they do? They cause this big war to try to get everybody to fight. Well, I'm not going to fight up with the anyone. decks, you know? Exactly. They, in geopolitics, they call it a table. Um, table oh, flip. There you go. A table yeah. flip. That's exactly what it is. It's like when you got checkmated and you get angry and you chip over the chessboard. That's what they just did with this Palestinian-Israeli war. And guys, do not lose sight of everything that we've been trying to get the last four years, which is our freedom, our rights, and hold these people accountable for the crimes they've committed against humanity and the way they tried to steal our rights and freedoms and put us into a prison society. And they are not stopping yet. This war is just the next way to distract us to make us weak, to take more of our money, and eventually they, they might even use it to try to take our rights because they might try to draft you and send you off to a war. Amen. I mean, folks, dot connectors, we connected a lot of dots here. And uh, Chris Guy was gracious enough to give us give us his wisdom, his energy, and really his 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 balls, you know? Faith and balls. You gotta have faith and you gotta have balls, <laughs> right? And you gotta connect those dots. So Chris, God bless you. May God protect you, man, on your mission. I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm blessed to know you. So God bless you, Chris. I hope to see you when I come down there in a couple of days. Amen.